All You Need to Know is brought to you by no one. No one at all. Welcome to All You Need to Know, the show where you hear about everything and learn about nothing. Here are your hosts, Quinn Eaton and Isaac Bayer. Welcome to this episode of All You Need to Know. My name is Quinn Eaton. Back on the podcast is uh, the main man, question mark, Isaac Bayer. Isaac, how's it going? Bye-bye. When the when the holidays roll around, do you buy the candy just to eat on it? Uh, what, what kind of context is this? What are we What are we talking yeah, about here? There's some Valentine's Day candy, Easter candies out now, and I went to go to the store to get groceries. I saw a bag of the chocolate eggs, the Hershey's uh, eggs. Oh, oh, I just bought oh. a bag. I just snack on them. You yeah, ever do I, that? You're like, well, I won't be giving this chocolate to my significant other. I'll just snack on it. I tend to wait around for the holiday to pass and then uh, capitalize on the sales that they have on said holiday candy. That's that's my go to way to handle it. But I hey, good luck passing a Reese's egg and not not picking that sucker up and putting it on the checkout counter. So we'll put that on the poll. Uh, Can you ever pass a Reese's egg and not put it on? Oh, you've got a good cold open when. It, la- it lands a spot on the pole. That's how you know That's you got true. a good cold open. And in the spirit of today's episode, I'm going to say that this this is enough. All right? This intro, we, we, we are going to move into today's topic. In the spirit of today's topic, this is episode 303. What we're talking about today is how to know when enough is enough. You brought this idea to the table. I like it. I I immediately was like, that's interesting. Because in the past, all you need to know is done a couple of how-to episodes. I feel like these can be very helpful, uh, very beneficial. Honestly, mutually beneficial. It helps us to talk through something like this. Also, hopefully helps the audience that tunes in and uh, takes things away from what we say. If we say anything that's worthy of being taken away. But how... How would you kind of open this up? I guess what I'm asking is, is what do we mean by this how-to episode? How to know when enough is enough? What what exactly do you mean by that? It's hard to say because I was at work when you texted me about what we should talk about. And when you're at work, sometimes you can be, well, you can be frustrated. You can be bored. You can just be busy. And I had some stuff going on and you were texting me and you were throwing some Quinny and classics like we don't know what to talk about. What if we talked about, I don't know, like wood? You were just like shooting me some of the worst ideas. A stroll through Home Depot. And I was juggling that and I was doing some stuff at work and I was like, you know what? Like this is too much. Like I've had enough. And then I was like, wait a second. How do you know when you've crossed that threshold? Yeah, and it came to me. It came to me very much in a in a somewhat fugue state, so uh, similar to like I said, like the hamster episode, uh, more conceptual than concrete. And I think that's a. I think may I be so bold as to as to recommend it that AY2K perhaps ought to shift the focus, maybe perhaps twenty degrees more in that direction uh. than more like uh, cheese. Um, toast, 
LeBron James and zucchini and so yeah. on and so forth. Sure. No, I, I think that there's definitely something there. I think that it's perfectly fine for us to kind of change course and steer in a different direction and let the wind kind of get bit behind our sails on different topics. And so I'm, I'm fully for, you know, episodes like this, where, like you said, they're more conceptual than they are concrete. And I think that that kind of is, it works well uh, whenever you and I are hosting all you need to know, because I would say that I bring more concrete to the conversation where you often bring more of a conceptual side, as in this episode, you threw out a couple of, uh, you threw out the idea in a couple of things. And then I came through with the concrete details that we would be throwing out to the audience today. And I, and I want to DJ would have brought to this conversation in that regard. You know what? I forgot to send him uh, the link to the episode. So it's so too late just, now. Uh, you know, I'm going to I'm going to send it over. It's to really him. too late. And gonna... if you brought him in now, the only thing that's doing is is altering my power dynamic in this episode. I just sent it. So we'll see. You know, that's exciting, right? That people are tuning in and they don't know if DJ will be here or not. So he's got oh, probably no. he's probably it's... got 30 minutes to to, to yeah. answer that question. Uh, sure. And and I'm sure you were going to make a joke and say, well, isn't that every single week where people aren't sure if DJ's going to be here or not? He's got a lot going on. That's that's all we'll say about it. But I do want to say that we also have a lot going on because we're going to get through eight examples uh, of how to know when enough is enough, right? These will hopefully uh, clear up uh, some things as far as maybe the the initial uh, concept itself, uh, but also maybe provide some insight into some very uh, practical and relatable situations that I feel like all of us humans often find ourselves in. I'll try to keep things moving as uh, quickly as they need to be uh, because we do have eight of these to get through. So sure. to start off, we'll throw out the question or I guess the statement, how to know when you've had too much to eat? How how, how can you know when enough is enough as mm -hmm. far as food goes? I, I've had a couple experiences. One in particular, the most recent experience. Uh, in case you don't know, when you go to an all-you-can-eat place, you know, and it's to order, where you order the food, though it'd be all you can eat, and then you don't finish your plate, oftentimes they will charge you for the food left on your plate, prepared and resources used, you know, to compensate Unbelievable. For that. And well, that's a separate topic and conversation. However, I was at a restaurant and where I ordered a small platter of beef and the beef came perhaps six pieces of beef. And I said, well, this is a reasonable amount of beef. I'll have some other items. And then I think if I'm so hungry, I'll get a second small platter of beef expecting six pieces. And they got me because when I ordered the second platter of beef, they came out like 14 pieces of beef. I said, that's way more than i can eat mm. but god forbid i'd be charged extra so i went exactly. i committed and did the I, uh work. yeah and when you get full you're like whoa i'm way too full and that's usually the threshold of you've had enough it's it's when you continue past that and you have like you know uh, um earth shattering gastrointestinal uh distress that's you really, at that point, you're saying, well, 
perhaps I have had more than enough yeah. at that point. And I, th I think, I don't know the science behind it, but I think that there is uh, some sort of saying or belief that uh, the, the message that's the meat sweats. Brain, well, the meat sweats. Sure. And, and we can maybe touch on that if, if we have enough time, but the, the message, uh, however long it takes your stomach to tell your brain that you're full, you know, often takes longer than how quickly you can consume food. So sometimes there is a delay where you're eating, you're eating, and then that feeling hits hard. Other times, maybe you're eating a little bit slower. That's why, of course, maybe your parents have told you in the past, like, hey, make sure you slow down whenever you're eating your food, you know, so you, of course, so you don't choke, but then it also helps with the digestion. And maybe being able to tell when you're full uh, a little bit, a little bit more accurately than if you were just scarfing stuff down. I, right. I had, I used to, whenever I was a kid, every meal that I ate, I was eating until I felt that holy smokes, I'm full. That is why I wore husky jeans, uh, I think through middle school. And, and I'm not I kidding. I can't believe you admitted that. I'm not, I'm not saying that the jeans were husky in nature. The literal tag on the back didn't have like a 32 waist or anything like that. They literally just said there's, husky. That was the measurement? The measurement yes. was husky? Yes. There's The jeans came in, I think, regular and husky. I was in the husky category, uh, and I didn't realize how, uh, I guess, debilitating that was until a couple of years removed. Uh, but that's a true story. If, if my dad comes back on the podcast at some point, he can uh, back me up on that, because I'm sure either he or my mom was the one that went to, I don't know, Kmart or... Uh, J.C. Penney's and Boston. So close at a Kmart? I, I I don't know, but you know when enough is enough, your body's telling you. Your your belt is probably telling you, like, whoa, enough hey. is enough is probably like five minutes before you think it's enough. Yes, that's my guess. And could you say? Would you go as far to say that Thanksgiving is the Super Bowl of knowing or needing to know when enough is enough? I would argue that Thanksgiving is the opportunity to surpass your human limitations and Absolutely. say, well, I decide when I've had enough. And maybe that's true. Uh, and that's an interesting way of putting it. And I have to agree because I try to avoid that feeling at all costs. But if I was going to go for it that one time, it's Thanksgiving or Christmas, uh, one of those meals. But how to know when you've had enough to eat it's just that feeling that you get deep within not only your soul uh but within your brain like the alarms are going the mini use in your head are running around saying like somebody tell them to stop that's when you know that you've had enough food right good good summarization okay moving on to our second how to uh topic this one i'm springing on you but i think it's worthy oh how to know when Wendy's has crossed the line with surge pricing? I'm sure it's you a little about topical. This, right? It's a little topical for a Y and two K episode, but we can touch on it. We can touch on it here. Well, and I don't know. Unfortunately, I'm afraid that this might set. This might just be a precedent, right? And then other fast food restaurants will jump on top of this idea. But Wendy's basically is rolling out something called surge pricing. Confirmed uh, or alleged? It is confirmed. Uh, unless consumers revolt and they, they backtrack and they decide not to do it. But I think 2025 is the expected date for this to begin. Wendy's is going to 
start surge pricing, which if you've ever uh, rode in an Uber or bought an airline ticket, um, anything of that nature, during busy times, peak seasons, if you will, things get more expensive. It's all based on demand. The more demand there is, the higher the price that you're paying. Basically, what Wendy's is doing is saying, all right, we're going to have digital menus that have prices that are constantly changing. And if it's around 11 o'clock that you stroll into our fast food establishment, maybe 12 o'clock around lunchtime, you're going to pay more for a Baconator than if you showed up at 1030 or 230. Uh, you're going to be paying more for a Baconator than perhaps someone else that came to the store either earlier or later, which just seems absurd, does it not? No, it's it's definitely absurd. I think it maybe speaks more to the the nature of American consumerism and perhaps the economic state more than it does to how do I know when an enough is enough. When you're are you asking me how to how do you how do you know when enough Wendy's is enough? No, no, or no, no, like, no. Because we kind of just covered that question in the first one. It is well, yeah. how to know when consumerism slash Wendy's has crossed the line with having hamburg fast food hamburgers considered something worthy of surge pricing. How how can we know when enough is enough? Is it is right it's, now? We yeah, right now. You okay. we, we you found that out today or yesterday, whenever they announced that. It's um you know, I would say to Wendy, John Wendy, I would say take a good hard look within you. You think yeah. people are showing up to Wendy's because they're like, holy moly, I can't get enough of this above average food that takes, you know, less than five minutes. They're like, I got this because it's on my way to work and it was under $10. Yeah. You think I'm going to continue going to Wendy's? It's like, oh boy, uh, let it's like, a, let me go pay $13 for the burger instead of uh, across the street where the same burger is $8. All it doesn't time. make sense. Yeah. And it's, no disrespect to Wendy's, but uh, I would rather I would rather the chain of Wendy's declare bankruptcy and go out of business than see that type. Wow. Than see that type of strategy succeed because because it's predatory. Um, it does. And, and it's um, competition hopefully should weed that out in a, in a truly a matter of months at the most. Like you said, I, I think that it's a very simple. Oh, Wendy's is going to do that. I'm just going to no, go to thanks. Burger King. I'm going to go, go to McDonald's. King. I'm going to go to any yeah. other place that is not Reddings, doing something literally anywhere. as asinine as charging more. I'm not going to, my my ass is not going to be standing in the Wendy's like I'm at the New York Stock Exchange waiting for the yeah. price of the burgers to go down. Like, Five I'm not minutes till 2 p.m., everybody. I'm not going to be standing with a ticket <laughs> like, I want to order now, I want to order now. No, that's I'm at a fast food restaurant. It's ridiculous. So, how can we tell that enough is enough with Wendy's surge pricing right now? It's today. It's creating such a buzz, a negative buzz, a negative energy that they should uh, completely abandon it, apologize, put out a statement saying, we're so sorry. Otherwise, they're going to get hit with a Baconator boycott from hell. And I and I will they, gladly they reveal it. that. I, I will gladly. All you need to know can be the people that stand at the front of the line and say, we will not be charged more than we should be for this Baconator. Should I say I that agree. like, should I say that yeah. like John F. Kennedy? Step up a revolution style John F. Kennedy speech. We will not 
stand for these Baconators. Not my best work, but moving right along. I liked it though. How to know that you've maxed out on your alcoholic beverage intake. Now, I'm sure two very uh, esteemed, distinguished gentlemen like yourself and myself have never gotten to a point where uh, we completely lost control. Uh, But whenever you're drinking alcoholic beverages, of course, that is always, you know, a risk uh, of consuming uh, maybe too many of those beverages. So how to know when enough is enough, whenever you're kind of hanging out, right? Slapping back a couple of uh, Bud Lights, you know, whatever or whatever your drink of choice is. How do you know? I hate to be boring. But I would say probably that it's a similar situation to food. You know, it's probably a little earlier than you think. Um, and you know, if you if you really try to maintain a little self control, consider the nutritional or perhaps lack thereof intake mm. of what you're drinking. Say to yourself, "Oh boy, well I could probably slam twelve Bud Lights," and then you're like, "Well, do I want to consume you know four hundred and seventy three grams of carbs right now?" Well, it's like yeah. probably not. And you know? I don't I don't mean to come off as a lightweight, okay? Because uh, I can I can. I can very, very much enjoy in partaking in alcoholic beverage consumption, right? And I waited until I was but 21. you drink IPAs. You kind of look like a, somebody that would drink artisan beer. Only from time to time. And whenever I do, wow. I, I, I immediately regret it. So uh, if that tells you anything. But I was going to say that for me, I don't see how people can uh, buy a 12-pack a of beer and s- sit down and drink them all in one sitting. Because for me, anytime I'm drink, if I'm drinking beer, it's like two beers, and I feel like I just had a three course meal. I don't know if I have some sort of, uh, you know, allergy to to barley or hops or uh, whatever would be in beer. But it's probably I, healthier that way. But I I immediately like holy smokes! I don't want any more of this. I'm good now. You know, you get into the more dangerous stuff. You know, a Jack Jack and Coke. Or right, uh, you know, an old fashioned. You're right? just out here putting away clear liquor like it's nobody's business. I, I won't. I won't say uh, yes or no to that. Uh, but I will say that, kind of what you alluded to earlier. Um, you know, you kind of you kind of get that feeling in in your gut, uh, like okay, you know, I've, I I think this is probably my last drink. Uh, if if I'm uh, gonna not you know regret my uh, actions tomorrow morning. Um, for some, it might be the point where uh, the ground starts moving, right? To where maybe it gets a little spinny and and you say, okay, uh, that is not normal. Uh, the ground seems to be moving, but I know that it's not. Uh, I better call it a night. That that might be a little bit past, you know, the enough is enough point. But at least if you were, to, were able to kind of right the ship at that point, uh, you would still be able to say enough is enough and hopefully not be in too bad a shape the next morning. Oh, I would maybe enough uh, when it comes to alcohol, enough is enough is a, maybe a slippery slope because uh, the more you have, perhaps, perhaps your ability to decide that enough is enough, that, 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 that uh, skill set kind of slips away from you. Yep. And at one point you just, you, and it wasn't for, you know, for lack of trying, but perhaps you can't help it. Yeah. And uh, I think uh, a good way to, to put it is 
is uh, I think it was Ron White who once said in one of his stand-up bits that he was hanging out with Dr. Phil. And he said, you know, sometimes this scotch just goes down like spring water. And Dr. Phil said, well, why don't you just drink spring water, Ron? That's a pretty good point, right? If if that's if, a great point. If it's actually. going down that easy, like spring water, you you might as well or might be better off drinking spring water. So, uh, when enough is enough, I guess to each Dr. their Phil. own, and it depends. But yeah, as always, you can always listen to Doctor Phil and depend on uh, the things that he says. Moving right along, and we're moving at a great pace. I mean, I feel like this is this is we got a good time. I think so. I think we're doing well. And our next one uh, might take a, a little bit to kind of sort out because it's, again, we're, we're trying to figure out when enough is enough, how to know when enough is enough. And this one is, is, is very particular, very specific, but I think people have experienced something like this before. How to know when your music taste is changing things up enough for the guest in your car. So this is the, you have the aux cord, which of course now it's Bluetooth, but back in the day. That used to be an aux cord that you actually plugged into your phone, as crazy as that sounds. And if you have people in your car, you know, you might be trying to play a little bit of something that they like. You you might not be, you know, bringing out your eight minute long Sturgill Simpson uh, record or eight minute long Sturgill Simpson song uh, that you always like to jam to because you want to try to try to play things that, you know, are are a are mutual mutually agreeable, right? You want everybody mm. in the car to to enjoy it. It should just act as maybe background uh, noise for the most part if you, if you have a good conversation going. But how to know when enough is enough as far as you don't want to, uh, I don't know, force your music onto other people, but at the same time, you don't want people to think that you're just, you know, a typical turn on the FM radio and just listen to whatever pop song is is popular at the moment, right? Wow. That's a tough one. That's see that that's just, I should have asked you this question because you clearly this is on your mind. I've never thought about this. The the very rare times I have people in my car, uh I'll just turn on the radio because I would prefer that than having to like do something with my uh. I see. songs on my phone and if i am using my phone i just am going to listen to what i want because they're in my car and you sure. know i have the right perhaps i should turn this around on you because clearly i you clearly you are more invested in the thought of it than i am now you've got a nice little hatchback jeep jeep kind of a crossover thing so yeah, it's you, very you refer to it it's as a soccer to, mom car, yes. Well, I was trying to avoid it. I wanted to be a little respectful, but it is not much to look at. It's probably good for the area in which you live. It's kind of like a, you know, you, it's a good middle Thank ground. You. Yeah, and I'll take it from so there. You, so I I basically if someone gets in the car with me, one of my first options is to do exactly what you said, turn on a radio station that I feel like everybody could kind of agree on and it's not going to play anything too crazy. You're not going to get any like tribal sounds, you know, playing through the the radio. And some, you know, I I uh, listen to radio stations sometimes, and I'm I'm like, holy, like, what is this? I don't I don't want to listen to this, so I have to switch it. But if I were to dive into a playlist that I have formulated myself, and I do uh, partake in playlist curation from time to time, I would basically look for one uh, that is not too forward, right? Not too revealing uh but it does show a little bit of my character right i think 
the the way that I just described it is is kind of like you know a prom dress. And if you were a dad, you would want it to, of course, be respectful, but also show some personality. If you if you're catching my drift, and maybe that's a horrible, Yeah. uh, you know, figurative example, but it's just it's it's just enough to pique people's interest for maybe someone in the car to say, "What was that song? I haven't heard that," and I liked it. Now that that's the biggest compliment that you can get, right? But True. not too risky to where someone feels comfortable enough to say, hey, do you mind turning the music down? Because that that can bring you down like nothing else. So how to know that your music taste is, is enough, right? Or that you're not pushing too much of it is just to kind of feel it out. You've got to know who you're with, right? Read the room, read the car. Uh, at the same time, though, Here, I don't think it's it's not a bad thing to take risk. Whereas with some of the other ones, like you don't need to risk having a third plate at the buffet. You know how that's going to turn out versus, you know, kind of throwing in some new songs. I'm dessert. I can't go to the buffet and and not get dessert. Okay, it's normal. You're gonna get two plates at the buffet to to Sure. make the correct cost analysis decision to make your money's worth, but you have to get a dessert plate. How did you do that? I have no idea. Balloons just He came loves my take. balloons He just loves came my up take. on my uh, screen and I don't know why. And um, man, I wish maybe I'll clip this just for that. Uh the only issue with that would be that people would see, you know, my my sweat my sweatshirt, my didn't glasses say anything and my and my hat. But let moving me right let's along. get back on track here real quick before we go on to the next one Okay. how to know enough is enough with keeping being a good host in your car with music i think you could probably tag on to a subsection how to know when enough is enough you know in regard to you know how much should i care about this specific social interaction maybe maybe that's the real question That's we need good. to be asking Sure. Yeah. And it's and it's maybe not thinking too much into it. Maybe that maybe I'm thinking too much into it. How much is it enough, you know, of me worrying about making sure that everybody in the car is having an enjoyable time with the music taste that I have? Yeah, that's 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 a fair point. And I think we can kind of combine these next two, if you don't mind. Not because we're rushed, but I feel like they're We're naturally not gonna rushed. they're I know, but they're naturally gonna, I think. kind of collide with one another. And I was, I was just kind of thinking of that as we got to them. Uh, the next two that we have is how to know when enough is enough as far as being on your phone for too long, possibly, and how to know you've been spending too much time on social media. So those two together, I feel like kind of play off of each other. So this is a big one. How to know when enough is enough. Uh, maybe you're like me where you have to put blue light glasses on. at some point and whether I or didn't not bring any whether of this up. whether or not the blue light glasses actually do anything uh studies He's a fraud. are inconclusive uh but maybe you feel like they help or maybe all of a sudden you are oh, you are hit with this overwhelming feel feeling of guilt as you look to the clock and see that you have been scrolling on social media on TikTok for over an hour and it went by in the snap of a fi of your fingers right Maybe it's that feeling. How do you feel about, uh, you know, this question, this how to know when enough is enough? I have never scrolled on social media for over an hour. That's that is. I feel like Some, maybe some a, people have. a, yeah. I think it's a sign of illness, and that's not disrespectful. It's a it's a genuine concern. 
Um, you know, I might sit down and scroll if I've got time or if I'm bored. You know, if, I, if there's nothing going on at work, um, if I'm doing something, if I'm just like, oh, well, I've got some time, like, I'll just sit down and scroll for a little bit. You know, 10 minutes, maybe. Right. You know. And then and then um, after 10 minutes, does that kind of, uh, you know, that alarm just go off in your it. head? And yeah. You're like, okay, whoa, it's I, a, I've been on here for 10 minutes. Right. I think it's like a survival instinct. It's like, don't get sucked in. You know, they've almost got you. Be careful. You know. The biggest thing um, for me is is sometimes I'll do a little self-reflection. If I've spent too much time on my phone or spent too much time scrolling on social media, I'll just ask myself the question, uh, have you actually absorbed any information that's useful? Like, can you recall what you were just looking at? Maybe even as even as little as five minutes ago. And if the answer is no, that means that you have completely glazed over and you've gone into... Uh, what I guess you could refer to as autopilot and your brain is just, you know, it's been tricked by your phone and, and social media, all the apps that are designed, incentivized to keep you plugged in for long periods of time. I think you have to be able to have that, uh, I don't know, self-realization that you've, you've spent too much time on it. This is enough. Uh, I personally have the the things on my phone set, you know, the screen time reminders where it's like, hey, well, oh. You've spent an hour on social media today. And oftentimes I'll just say, remind me in 15 minutes and keep going. But it, it at least, oh, it at least he's says, a fraud. Well, it at least lets me know, like there's a physical thing in front of me saying, when you've lost control. You would rather be in, reminded you've lost control than take the step to regain control. Not necessarily. I just said that, you know, I have that on my phone in those circumstances where that might happen. And it and it's, it's helpful. Uh, some people just say, I'm not going to do that and not going to set those uh, limits. And and then they just go on forever. I mean, it is bad. There are there are certain people, not that I know anyone that is like this, that can sit on their chronically phone chronically online. Yeah. Four or five hours. They don't really even know what it's like to be unplugged uh, from their phones or from social media and that's you that's, feel that's because they were designed feel, that way do you feel you're at an increased risk of that due to your job oh yeah i i'm plugged in and, and having to look at, at things all day it's not necessarily a bad thing because i i view you it don't get 15 minute reminders at work i view it through the lens of i'm working um and then immediately after i'm not working i rarely ever say like, I'm going to relax by doing the exact same thing that I was doing for most of today. So I don't know, you just have to be able to, uh, I guess, practice self-control in order to know when enough is enough for those two things. And we do have to move on uh, from that one. This one kind of also works into those that we were just talking about because people often use their phones, use social media uh, in mm -hmm. this example, how to know that you have taken enough pictures of your dog and or cat or whatever pet that you have. Maybe you have a, a snake that you like to take pictures of. Who knows? But when wow. is enough enough, uh, you know, for those real those real big animal lovers out there? Um, you know, I don't have a pet, uh, you know, living out here with me. I've got a pet back. I've got a couple pets back home. Really, the only time I'm taking pictures of them is if they're doing something that I will find interesting or funny. Um, 
I'm not taking pictures of my pets to be like, oh, look at how cute he's looking today. It's like, you know, the cat has has fallen off a chair and landed upside down. That's That's worth a, it. I would say that's kind of, yeah, I would say it's kind of funny. I have the, my dog back home, you know, he'll eat the dog food. He'll eat steak if you get to him. He loves fruit. And so I tend to, when I visit, I give him, either we have a pear tree, he'll eat a pear. And he's real polite about it. And I find that amusing. I'm not really sharing it to anybody. The balloons went Four back balloons. up. Yes, I don't. I don't know Uh, what I'm wow. doing. I don't, I'm so distracted both My of these hands, balloons. my look, my hands are back here. I have no idea why these balloons are going up. Um, in any case, if you're taking pictures of your pets, don't overshare. I think Exactly. I know this is going to sound crazy. I think you can go hog wild. I don't think there is enough. If as long as you have the self control to keep it to yourself, there, I said it. I I think that. That's true. If if you're keeping it to yourself, if these pictures are, you know, for your own enjoyment to look back on, that's that's fine. And, you know, it's it's always great to to have those pictures to look back on, um, you know, at some point. Right. And I I think that enough is enough. You, you should know when enough is enough is whenever you're considering starting a, a social media page for your dog or cat. That's when you can really pump the brakes and say, OK, What has happened to me, um, especially if you plan on making the captions uh, from the perspective of said dog or cat, uh, particularly if you use a baby voice and type that out. That's where you really know that you've, you've kind of crossed a, a threshold there that you need to revert back uh, away from because that can be too Yes, much. I, I think, I agree. um, but the occasional that that's the great thing about, you know, dogs and cats is the occasional Uh, post on on Instagram, maybe on your personal account that shows your dog like, you know, going on a walk or running through a stream like, hey, I like I like that. That's better than most of the other stuff that's on social media. So we're not saying don't share any pictures at all, uh, but just do it tastefully. Don't don't overdo it. And I, that's a good, it's a good stance. and I'll let you if you have the outline in front of you. Uh, do this last one because this one was a uh, was one that you brought to the table. If you don't, I I can read it and you can explain what this means. Um, I got it right here. I got it. Okay. Oh, I got it right here. It's how to know, uh, how to know the podcast host has been taking advantage of you and you need to stand up for yourself. How to know if. It's a bit of a typo. How to know if the podcast host has been taking advantage of you, And and when, you need to stand up for yourself. and when enough is enough, right? Yeah, when is enough enough enough, and you and you need to step up. So this seems very specific. Uh, I, I don't really know what this means. So I will need you with some of the remaining time that we have to kind of explain. I'm the one that asked the question. Yeah. Perhaps you should, maybe you should answer the question under the perspective of you as a co-host. to other people involved in the creative process. I would say You didn't maybe. expect that. You didn't expect me to turn it around because you thought I was talking about, you thought I was talking about me to you. You didn't think I was talking about you. I and I, I'm still very confused. I would say enough is enough if if you've been doing free labor for uh, I don't know how many weeks and you feel like you are owed some sort of uh, payment, whether that be uh, through financial means, whether that be through uh, exposure, maybe being mentioned more 
uh, on social media platforms. Uh, I, I don't really understand this question. I just assume that it was some sort of dig at me. That's why I kind of let you uh, add it. But remember, we, we are a little short on time. So if you want to close this in a way that isn't super disrespectful, that would be great. No, 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 there's no disrespect here. I, I'll just say I'm a little, I wonder sometimes as to, as to the two co-hosts, because I'm not an official co-host, you know, that's all I'll say. I, that's all I, I'll say. I don't who's think the real true. official, whose face and name is on the podcast? Well, you know, let the results speak for themselves. Okay. That's all I'll say. Who's really um, taking advantage of who? Sure. And on that note, uh, I, I felt like it was a weird way to, to finish this episode, but we will conclude this episode. Hopefully it helped. Maybe that last question, you can view it from a more uh, figurative and, cleanser. Uh, and metaphorical stance, uh, but that's going to do it for this episode. Hopefully this how-to episode helped you out. My name is Quinn Eaton. I'm Isaac Bear. And this has been All You Need to Know. This has been All You Need to Know. If you have a topic you would like to hear about, message us on Twitter or Facebook or send us an email at allyouneed2no00 at gmail.com. Rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. And tune in every Wednesday because here at AYN2K, we've got you covered.